Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. Good morning and welcome to your Saturday night sermon brought to you by Right on Radio with your host Jeff Shepard, Jesse Svoder, and on this program, Pastor Joe Sackett. We have another beautiful invocation by Miss Dana Cunningham. I encourage you to please seek out her music on YouTube. This one is from the album dancing on the gate she's given me full permission to use her songs let's please just let it be the music that stands behind our soul as we invoke the holy spirit for this sermon god bless you
I want all of you to be able to take these piano songs and play them behind your prayers. And this to me is the music of God. It's maybe it doesn't compare to what happens in the heavenly courts, but God talents some people with such love for him and such artistry. Please let this invoke the Holy Spirit in you today. It does me. God bless you. Hey guys, God bless you. This is Pastor Joe. Um, what I want to talk about today is in the middle of the Psalms. Beautiful scriptures we are going to read today. The theme of the message is called How Great Thou Art. And what How Great Thou Art means to you in the last days. And where you're at. Sometimes when you feel alone and you feel like you're struggling and... Even people around you that love you, even people that love Jesus do not understand you. I want to give you some hope today. We're going to go rolling with the hope from last week. And I promised you two chapters of the Bible weekly every time I do this sermon for as long as I'm able to do it. Well, today you're going to get six to eight chapters depending on the Holy Spirit and the time factor. We're still going to try to do this in about an hour. So I want you to meditate after we pray on what is written by the Lord God, by his servant David, in these Psalms. And I want you to use them in battle. When you are alone, when you need to pray to God, I want you to go to these and I want you to lift them up to the Lord. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask that you send the Holy Spirit down into our hearts, that we can lay down every single thing that is distracting us from you, that is taking us off track with you, and that we can set this time aside for your holy word, and that we learn from it, and not only that we learn from it, but it gets inside our spirit and empowers us, Lord, to step forward one more step to fight for you Jesus I love everybody in this audience and I pray Lord that you settle over the audience tonight in the chat room that no spirit of division deception things that say Jehovah is not God all of these things please Lord just dismiss them Cast them out now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you are with us through the whole lesson. That's enough to ask for right now. In the name of mighty Jesus, Father, we ask for this. And we receive it and accept it in Jesus' name. And amen. So, if you got your Bible, please open it to Psalm 46. We're going to start there, and I think I'm going to end up in 53, which is seven chapters, but we're going to actually start in the last verse of Psalm 45. 45 chapter 17 says, I will cause your name to be honored in all generations. The nations of the earth will praise you forever. 
46, God is our refuge and our strength, a tested help in times of trouble. So we need not fear even if the world blows up and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam and let the mountains tremble. They are trembling at the mighty power of Yahweh. They are not trembling for your destruction. They are trembling at the destruction of the wicked, the evil. The ones who do not humble themselves and turn themselves to the Lord God. There is a river of joy flowing through the city of our God, the sacred home of the God above all gods. God himself is living in that city. Therefore, it stands unmoved despite the turmoil everywhere. You are a citizen of that city that is unmoved despite the turmoil everywhere. He will not delay his help. The nations rant and rave in anger, but when God speaks, the earth melts in submission and kingdoms totter into ruin. The commander of the armies of heaven is here among us. He, the God of Jacob, has come to rescue us. Come, see the glorious things that our God does, how he brings ruin upon the world and causes wars to end throughout the earth breaking and burning every weapon. Stand silent and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation in the world. The commander of heavenly armies is here among us. He, the God of Jacob, has come to rescue us. Please have faith in that. Your God is physically coming back into this world and he will rescue you. Chapter 47. Come everyone and clap for joy. Shout triumphant praises to the Lord, for the Lord, the God above all gods, is awesome beyond words. He is the great king of all the earth. He subdues the nations before us. He will personally select his choicest blessings for his Jewish people, the very best for those he loves. And by the way, if you are saved, you are included in that Jewish people. God has ascended with a mighty shout, with trumpets blaring. Sing out your praises to our God, our King. Yes, sing your praises to our King, the King of all the earth. Sing thoughtful praises. He reigns above the nations, sitting on his heavenly and holy throne. The Gentile rulers of the world have joined with us in praising him, praising the God of Abraham. For the battle shields of all the armies of the world are his trophies he is highly honored everywhere this is your real destiny no matter what you see going on in the world with JB and oh United Nations and all the other kings of the world your real destiny is to reign with God he is coming and he is coming in power how great is the Lord, how much we should praise him. He lives upon Mount Zion in Jerusalem. What a glorious sight. See Mount Zion rising north of the city, high above the plains for all to see. Mount Zion, joy of all the earth, the residence of the great king. It almost sounds like there's a flying city. Think about that and think about the book of Revelation. 
God himself is the defender of Jerusalem. The kings of the earth have arrived together to inspect the city. They marvel at the sight and hurry home again, afraid of what they have seen. They are filled with panic, like a woman in travail. So glorious it's scary. This is the holiness of the Lord our God. Don't think he's not coming ripping down Mach 20 to rescue you. Because he is. Don't lose your faith. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praising. Not at all. Here comes more. For God destroys the mightiest warships with a breath of wind. We have heard of the city's glory, the city of our God, the commander of the armies of heaven. Now we see it for ourselves. God has established Jerusalem forever. Lord, here in your temple, we meditate upon your kindness and your love. Your name is known throughout the earth, O God. You are praised everywhere for the salvation you have scattered throughout the world. O Jerusalem, rejoice. O people of Judah, rejoice. For God will see to it that you are finally treated fairly. Go inspect the city. Walk around and count her many towers. Note her walls and tour her palaces so that you can tell your children. For this great God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide until we die. And when we die, we are raised to everlasting life. Same God, same power. Chapter 49. Listen, everyone, high and low, rich and poor, all around the world. Listen to my words, for they are wise and filled with insight. I will tell in song, accompanied by harps, the answer to one of life's most perplexing problems. There is no need to fear when times of trouble come, even though surrounded by enemies. Fear is something you need to try and keep praying over to get rid of. There's no need. There's absolutely no need for it. Our enemies trust in their wealth and boast about how rich they are, yet not one of them, though rich as kings, can ransom his own brother from the penalty of his sin. For God's forgiveness does not come that way. For a soul is far too precious to be ransomed by mere earthly wealth. This is what they missed. The elite, the devil worshippers, they missed it. Completely missed it. They think generate more wealth, have as much control over the world as you can, cast as many spells as you can, and somehow you can equal the forgiveness of God and his generosity and his godhood. No, you can't. All right. For a soul is more precious to be ransomed by mere earthly wealth. There is not enough of it in all the earth to buy eternal life for just one soul. To keep it out of hell. They missed it. We're not missing it. Rich man, proud man, wise man, you must die like all the rest. You have no greater lease on life than the foolish, stupid men. You must leave your wealth to others. You name your estates after yourselves. As though your lands could be forever yours. And you could live on them eternally. 
But man, with all his pomp, must die like any animal. Such is the folly of these men, though after they die they will be quoted as having great wisdom. Death is the shepherd of all mankind, and in the morning those who are evil will be the slaves of those who are good. For the power of their wealth is gone. When they die, they cannot take it with them. But as for me, God will redeem my soul from the power of death, for he will receive me. So do not be dismayed when evil men grow rich and build their lovely homes. For when they die, they carry nothing with them. Though a man could call himself happy all through his life, and the world loudly applauds success, yet in the end he dies like everyone else and enters eternal darkness. Again, for man with all his pomp must die like an animal. The mighty God, the Lord, has summoned all mankind from east to west. God's glory light shines from the beautiful temple on Mount Zion. He comes with the noise of thunder. Surrounded by devastating fire, a great storm rages about him. Here I'll just say that, you know, in the, in the days of Moses, when Moses met him, God said, you can't look upon my face. And God surrounded himself with smoke, thunder, and fire, which was, I'm sure, nuclear impressive. But to look upon the face of God as an unholy person about to enter a covenant with God of holiness would have destroyed Moses. But after this, even though he looked upon God's backside, just saw him walking by, he went down to the presence of the Israelites and he was glowing so much that they were scared to death of him. Just so you know, this holiness of God thing is something that we can aspire to, pray to, to understand but when we really see it, we're not going to have comprehended what we were dealing with, even our mighty God, except that he loves us. And his gentleness and his grace is all we can really gather. The rest of this, trying to become experts in the spiritual knowledge of God, is just gifts from him. Little bits, and none of us have all of it. We need each other. So, let's boogie. The mighty God, the Lord, has summoned all mankind from east to west. God's glory light shines from the beautiful temple in Mount Zion. He comes with the noise of thunder, surrounded by devastating fire. A great storm rages around him. He has come to judge his people. To heaven and earth he shouts, Gather together my people who by their sacrifice upon my altar have promised to obey me. God will judge them with complete fairness, for all heaven declares that he is just. O oh, my people, listen, for I am your God. Listen, here are my charges against you. I have no complaint about the sacrifices you have brought to my altar, for you bring them regularly. But it isn't sacrificial bulls and goats that I really want from you. For all the animals of field and forest are already mine. The cattle on a thousand hills and all the birds upon the mountains. If I were hungry, I wouldn't mention it to you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. No, I don't need your sacrifices of flesh and blood. What I want from you is your true thanks. 
I want your promises fulfilled. I want for you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. But God says to the evil men, recite my laws no longer and stop claiming my promises for you have refused my discipline, disregarding my laws. You see a thief and help him and spend your time with evil and immoral men. You curse and lie and vile language streams from your mouths. You slander your own brother. I remain silent. You thought I didn't care. But now your time of punishment has come. I list all the above charges against you. This is the last chance for all of you who have forgotten God before I tear you apart and no one can help you then. But true praise is a worthy sacrifice. This really honors me. Those who walk my paths will receive salvation from the Lord. Psalm 51, written by Nathan the prophet, written after Nathan the prophet, had come to inform David of God's judgment against him because of his adultery with Bathsheba and his murder of Uriah, her husband. This is David, a man after God's own heart, who murdered someone, committed adultery with a woman. But man, he was a heck of a repenter. He did love God, and he kept making a bunch of mistakes, and he kept throwing himself face down before God. This reminds me of self, but, you know, not to that level, but I keep messing up, keep having to go to God and saying, God, I'm sorry. I really want to follow you. I need your, I need your help here. And God is kind of like, okay, little worm, oh, Jacob, I know that you're dust, and I'll help you. With my righteous right hand, I will help you. And his righteous right hand is our Lord Yeshua. And that's the only help I got in this life. And I wouldn't be making it through it without it at all. I'd have been dead a long time ago. Okay. <clears throat> o loving and kind God, have mercy. Have pity upon me. Take away the awful stain of my transgressions. O wash me, cleanse me from this guilt. Let me be pure again, for I admit my shameful deed. It haunts me day and night. Mm, caffeine. It's against you and you alone I have sinned and did this terrible thing. You saw it all. And your sentence against me is just. But I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. You deserve honesty from the heart. Yes, utter sincerity and truthfulness. Oh, give me this wisdom. Please pray this. Play, pray that word right there. God deserves our utter honesty and our sincerity. No matter how unworthy we feel, He deserves us coming to Him with complete honesty. Sprinkle me with the cleansing blood and I shall be clean again. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And after you have punished me and give me back my joy again, don't keep looking at my sins. Erase them from your sight. Create in me a new and clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. Don't throw me aside, vanish forever from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. 
Restore to me again the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to other sinners, and they, guilty like me, will repent and return to you. Don't sentence me to death, O oh my God. You alone can rescue me. Then I will sing of your forgiveness, for my lips will be unsealed. Oh, how I will praise you. You don't want penance. If you did, how gladly I would do it. You're not interested in offerings burned before you on the altar. It's a broken spirit you want. Remorse and penitence. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh Lord God, you will not ignore. In another translation it says, you will not despise. God doesn't hate you when you come to him broken. And Lord, don't punish Israel for my sins. Help your people and protect Jerusalem. And when my heart is right, then you will rejoice in the good that I do and in the bulls I bring to sacrifice upon your altar. Psalm 52. This one hits me because I've had that desire my whole life. I was uh, wanting to find power to fight evil and I wanted to be like a superhero. I wanted to be able to stand in the face of the devil and blast him. And I didn't know how it worked. It's not me, it's Jesus. So, Psalm 52. You call yourself a hero, do you? You boast about this evil deed of yours against God's people? You are as sharp as a tack in plotting your evil tricks. How you love wickedness far more than good and lying more than truth. You love to slander. You love to say anything that will do harm. O oh man with a lying tongue. But God will strike you down and pull you from your home and drag you away from the land of the living. The followers of God will see it happen. They will watch in awe. Then they will laugh and say, see what happens to those who despise God and trust in their wealth and become ever more bold in their wickedness. But I am like a sheltered olive tree protected by the Lord himself. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. O oh Lord, I will praise you forever and ever for your punishment. Have you ever praised God for the discipline he's given you? Have you ever overcome something in your life that you should have died by or you should have been incarcerated for a very long time? That happened to me. And God had mercy on you. Started your heart again. Let people love you again that you did very wrong. That you should have, by all normal means, been hated forever. Praise God for those things. I will wait for your mercies, for everyone knows what a merciful God you are. Only a fool would say to himself, we're in Psalm 53 now. Only a fool would say to himself, there is no God. And why does he say it? Because of his wicked heart, his dark and evil deeds, his life is corroded with sin. God looks down from heaven, searching among all mankind to see if there is a single one who does right and really seeks God. But all have turned their backs on him. They are filthy with sin, corrupt and rotten through and through. No one is good. No, not one. How can this be? Can't they understand anything? For they devour my people like bread and refuse to come to God. But soon unheard of terror will fall upon them. God will scatter the bones of those your enemies. They are doomed, for God has rejected them. 
Oh, that God would come from Zion now and save Israel. Only when the Lord himself restores them can they ever be really happy again. We praise the reading of God's word. We praise him for revealing it to us. Be right back with commentary on it and closing prayer. God bless you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the reading of the scripture. So I am going to close this out by covering three or four key verses. They're not the most important verses, but they are key. Something that you can put to memory and call up in times of distress. So let's start in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, attested help in times of trouble. So we need not fear even if the world blows up. That would be one I'd ask you to commit to memory. You need not fear even if the world blows up. If La Palma falls into the ocean, if the cabal decides to drop a neutron bomb on New York City, if they decide to instill martial law everywhere on the planet, you need not fear even if the world blows up. You have protection, you have angels watching over you, and God knows exactly when to step in. Okay, now, second, a weapon of warfare. Come everyone and clap for joy. Shout triumphant praises to the Lord, for the Lord God above all gods is awesome beyond words. He is the great king of all the earth. He subdues the nations before us and will personally select his choicest blessings for his people the very best for those he loves john three sixteen says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life god loves you already you don't have to be worthy then the the contractual part of it is that you seek him and then you have a relationship even though you're still not worthy He's given you that for bowing to him. Okay, couple more. Where was that one? I wanted to find it. Okay. I will tell in song accompanied by harps the answer to one of life's most perplexing problems. The word of God is telling you that it has the answer to one of life's most perplexing problems right here. So listen Stick it in your soul, in your spirit, and pray it. There is no need to fear when times of trouble come, even though surrounded by enemies. If you think to when um, Peter said to Jesus, if, if it's really you, and they thought he was a spirit, like a ghost or something, call me out on the water and... Jesus said, come. And Peter, actually, I mean, how many people have ever seen that miracle? Probably only Peter. Except for, like, Moses seeing the sea being divided and, and uh, Elijah being able to call down fire. These kind of supernatural miracles. Mind-blowing. Nobody standing around would be able to deny that that is the power of God. So Peter starts walking out on the water. Now, is the devil still at work? Yes. The waves rage and the wind's blowing and the rain is falling down into sheets. And Peter looks at it and he's like, Lord, help me. Starts to sink. 
Jesus grabs his hand and pulls him up. Basically, oh ye of little faith. The problems of the world, the anger of the devil, the storms of this life, especially what's going on in these last days. You've heard it called the movie. In a way, that's what it is. Because it's the delusion of the devil that the devil's in control. The devil is not in control. He's shaking in his boots, scared of Yeshua. We're on the side of Yeshua. Our Christ Jesus. He knows who you are. However many hundreds of millions or billion plus, whatever he's got in this world that are his children, Jesus knows every single hair on your head, every single difficulty you've had this week, every time you committed a sin, every time you prayed for forgiveness, every time you showed somebody love, he knows every bit of it, he's completely aware of it, and he loves you the same. I struggle with this myself. There are times whenever I've let down what I declared I was going to do for the Lord that day. And I could spend days doing over it. And then I realized that the very act of sitting there punishing myself over it is against the will of God. The will of God is that when you repent, you repent truly. Not with hurt feelings or harshness and hate of yourself. Because that just leads you to a spiral. To accept the forgiveness of God. To give him the sacrifice of thanksgiving and joy. And to stand up and move forward. Yahweh Nisi, God is our banner. Always moving forward. It doesn't mean make light of your sins. Repent, truly. But don't spend a whole lot of time ruining your life over the guilt. Give it to God. He promises you morning by morning new mercies you see. God knows what you've been through. God knows what people are saying about you. I'm getting this from a song, but God knows the real you. He knows how deep down in your heart you want to serve him and how inadequate you are as a person to serve him. Yet he has equipped you to be a priestess, priest, king and queen before him, royalty in the courts of heaven. He invites you to go there boldly to pray before him and the father. It's in the book. So, let's talk one more verse or two about what's going on. I'm trying to summarize, but there's no way to cover all this beautiful wisdom in just summarizing. But each chapter, I'm trying to give one. This is for the elite. Rich man, proud man, wise man, you must die like all the rest. You have no greater lease on life than foolish, stupid men. You must leave your wealth to others, your name and your estates after yourselves as though your lands could be forever yours and you could live on them forever. But man with all his pomp must die like any other animal. Acceptance of the fact that we're dust, even though we're royalty, is kind of a hard concept. We are dust, but we're made in the image of God. If we use our faith, our praise, then we are acting like royalty, like God created us to. If we act attracted to the dust, the dust of this world, the temptations of temporary pleasures or even temporary band-aids over our pain, and that means addictions and whatever else that could drive you away from God, we're being dust. So there are two natures within us. 
Paul talks about hating the fact that he has a dual nature. That the evil that he knows not to do, that very thing he does. This is the Apostle Paul. Maybe, maybe close to wrote 36 books out of the 66 in the Bible. Could be 20, could be 25. It's been argued over some of them, but it doesn't matter. This man loved God and he used to murder Christians. He stood by and watched Stephen die. Could have been the one in charge, you know, commanding them to stone him to death. And, and Jesus said, he doesn't know the things he has to suffer for me. So your stubbornness and your sin nature will never win out over what Jesus has planned for your life. It's good news for you. Because there will come a time when you are driven to your knees and you will seek purely, like without knowledge on your own, the will and wisdom of Jesus Christ and you will have it then. And even then, after then, after you have found that, you will still struggle. But when Jesus comes in the sky and calls you up to the clouds, your struggle will end. You will be forgiven for your sins. You will be made more like the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be purified like him and you will be as clean from sin as him. You will get a white horse and someday after that we'll come back and conquer. Alright, let me try to find another couple of verses and just ask the Lord to show them to me. God's glory light shines from the beautiful temple on Mount Zion. He comes with the noise of thunder, surrounded by a devastating fire. A great storm rages all about him. He has come to judge his people, and to heaven and earth he shouts, Gather together my own people, who by their sacrifice upon my altar have promised to obey me. So what is the sacrifice that God wants from us? What does he say? A broken and contrite spirit. This is the sacrifice God desires of you. Have you ever wondered why sometimes you were trying to do your very best and God allowed you to have a broken spirit? A heartbreak? A failure? A pain? That you have to, like you, you just because you're a believer, you go to God and say, I don't know why I'm going through this. I'm trying so hard for you. And then God gives you grace to make it through another day. This is why. Believe it or not, your broken spirit, your contrite spirit, has a purpose. It's because of our tendency to grow in pride, to start thinking we're doing it all on our own. We're the holy warrior of God. That could be my personal observation on it. I've, I've had that thought before. And really we're not. It's the grace of Jesus. So, God doesn't want goats and he doesn't want blood. The blood was already shed. He doesn't want tokens of your righteousness. But here's what God says about evil men. And these are the ones who will not be saved, will not repent, are part of the devil's kingdom, that are part of the, the system without repentance. He says to them, recite my laws no longer and stop claiming my promises. For you have refused my discipline disregarding my laws. 
those who they have a special place in hell those who claim to be servants of God to preach his word and fervently preach their own uh, authority their own title their own you know pedigree before God but are not preaching humbly before God and are not living forgiving and harbor secret sin that they actually encourage and uh, it could be pride and anger it could be uh, even Dunning-Kruger effect they may not know what they're talking about and think they're an expert in it so those people God will reject utterly without repentance he will reject them so when you have people as an example come into a chat maybe not this one but maybe so that say oh you shouldn't use the name Jesus you should use Yahushua Washua yeah well I, I took Latin for a while four years in high school and I know what it said on the cross it was written I-N-R-I Inri is a common acronym for it it's Usus Nazorum Rexum Use and that means in Latin Jesus of Nazareth King of the Jews it was also written in Greek and they didn't have the J back then but it meant the same thing the way that you would say it translated into Greek is Jesus the way you say it in Aramaic is debatably one of three or four different pronunciations of Yeshua do I think that it matters which name you call him as long as you're calling upon the, the Son of God no there are many people who are self-proclaimed experts that think they are the the new generation of obedient uh, Judaism knowledge people and they're better than you and so if you don't say it the way they want they're gonna ridicule you this is not the way it works Emmanuel Prince of Peace wonderful counselor mighty God son of God Word of God Almighty God Jesus Yeshua my Savior my Redeemer you pray to him however you need to as long as you're calling upon him I don't know why that came up I just thought I'd throw it in there but experts in the law are not God's favorite people okay so let's go to 51 O loving and kind God have mercy have pity upon me and take away the awful stain of my transgressions wash me cleanse me from this guilt let me be pure again for I admit my shameful deeds they haunt me day and night this is what it takes <clears throat> you don't all of a sudden become righteous and then start earning it in the face of an almighty God you acknowledge your sin you bow before him and it's not you know we have this fear I've had it I've had it I've thought about it I was in jail thinking about it I didn't hear from God for months you think oh I've got to repent the right way and once I've got enough sorrow and uh, tears and crying out to God with all my might once I've got enough then I'll be forgiven let me tell you something that is a lie from the devil from the pit of hell if you mean it though you're not an expert a professional speaker or thinker you mean it 
when you confess your sins to God and you ask him to forgive you that's how long it takes maybe you do have to ask God to help you have the feelings of being forgiven but whether your feelings are there or not you're forgiven because he's God he's faithful to his promises so I want you to think about that this week when you're going through some sort of personal struggle and whenever your feelings come up and make you feel inadequate or unforgiven or what have you really take a look at it and say what does the word of God say about forgiveness what does the word of God say about a second chance and about mercy today because he loves you and he knows you're literally not capable of living up to the righteousness of the perfect God I'm not you're not and it don't matter what guy preaching from a pulpit or not a pulpit you want a name none of us are we're pretty much all in the same boat what I like about this boat is we're trying to hold hands and you know float and let the Lord Jesus come and get us because we realize we're not all that and a can of biscuits Okay, so I've got a couple more verses, verses, and then I'm going to close us out in prayer. And I think I might go ahead and stop this and then start one more of Dana Cunningham's songs. It gives it, I'm trying to keep these around 50 minutes. I was a little short, a couple of them. Okay, so here's a good one. Psalm 51, verse 7. Sprinkle me with the cleansing blood, and I shall be clean again. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And after you have punished me give me back my joy again so if you are a rebellious child one of god's bad little baby's kids as i used to hear in the 80s there was a thing called baby's kids and it basically means those little bad kids you know like the neighbors got some bad kids over there i was a baby's kid so god may let you suffer some of the consequences of things that you've done and even while you're praying for forgiveness, you, you have to accept if God decides to let you be disciplined, to be disciplined. But trust that once you have gone through that time, there will be joy again. In other words, God loves you when you accept his discipline. Because he's perfect. He is not unrighteous. Just because he loves you doesn't mean he's going to skip over teaching you a lesson. He will not. Because he's given you ultimate And when my heart is right, then you will rejoice in the good that I do and in the bowls that I bring to sacrifice upon your altar, which for us would mean sacrifice of praise, broken and contrite spirit. Okay. God will strike down the evil and pull them away from their homes and drag them away from the land of the living. These billionaires that hate God, don't envy them don't wish you were in their place don't think that if you were in their place you'd be doing all the christian good in the world be glad you're not in their place rather be poor and humble or even just taken care of well by god and humble than you know way up there with the money and the worldly things we see what happens to them they get taken away by the quote glory of what they're doing and they're ending up messing with little kids they're ending up eating people you know just crazy stuff and they're worshiping a transsexual god who's not even a god he's no more of a god than you are or i am 
He's just another being created by God who turned his back on God. So don't you make that mistake today. Let go of all the things of this world. And when you have sin that you need to come to God with, let go of it too. Bow your knee to him, ask him to cleanse you from it, and trust him that he has already done it. Okay. And... You're not alone in this last verse I'm going to read. God looks down from heaven searching among all mankind to see if there is a single one who does right and really seeks for God. But all have turned their backs on him. They are filthy with sin. Corrupt and rotten through and through. No one is good, not one. So when you see the person you think is like they got it together before God, no they don't. Not any more than you. The gift is faith. The gift is being able to say, even though I know I'm like destroyed by my unrighteous acts, Lord, I will come to you. I will get on my knees before you and I will ask you to bring me right back to cleanse me from it. And he will, because he died for you. The blood of God is the most precious thing in the universe. And sometimes we undervalue it. We really do. Okay, so that's going to be about it. I'm going to say a prayer and then I'm going to put on a little more Dana Cunningham to get us out. Now, right here, I will say, please go directly from this service after the last song to uh, sing in poor Telegram for my buddy Jeff. We're on Telegram doing a live prayer service every Saturday night. And um, let me add this. There are people that need uh, vaccine declination letters. And, and there's other ways that I try to fight in the spirit. But I try to do it in the physical as well. If you need a prayer or a conversation or a vaccine declination letter, which is well written and, and has been very successful, email me at reverendwhitewolf at protonmail.com. And I will pretty much respond immediately. Um, God bless you. God keep you. Let's go ahead and say a, an out prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together tonight. Um, I thank you for giving this unworthy, loquacious servant of yours the opportunity to read the gospel and talk about the gospel with so many beautiful people who are seeking you. Jesus, we're a family, and we're trying to get it right. We know that the only way it's made right is through you. I pray, Lord, that every word of these psalms be used by everyone in this room and people they share this with as battle psalms. As when the battle becomes self-judgment and self-defeating and guilt-ridden, Lord, let these psalms open up people's hearts to realize that the forgiveness and the reestablishment of righteousness, which comes from you to begin with, is all on you. It's not our power. It's not our righteous deeds. It's our repentance. It's our praise to you. Lord, let this book and the book of Proverbs and the lessons of 
pretty much all the Old Testament, become a battle manual for us as we walk out the New Covenant from the New Testament and love our neighbor as ourselves and love you more than anything and learn that even the burden of sin does not belong to us, that we have to give it to you, pray to you, and believe you that your blood is strong enough to reconcile us to you. Lord, please help us to remember that no matter what this world looks like, as bad as it's getting and as bad as it's going to get, that you will come physically into the heavens above this earth. And with you will come clouds and the mighty trump of an archangel. And that the dead in Christ will arise first and meet you in the air. And then those of, that, that, those of us that remain will be caught up in the air with you and transformed into the blinking of an eye. Personally, Lord, I pray that once you transform my body, that you unleash me against some unheavenly beings. I would like to have a fist fight with some of them, but that's just a personal prayer. Jesus, I pray that you let us be your word and let your light guide us. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time together. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so... I'm going to try not to stop this or restart it. Excuse my beeps and stuff. I'm going to put on one more Dana Cunningham song. It's probably going, only going to be three minutes. But I really want to help you understand this lady. She's very loving, very kind, and very good servant of God. Dana Cunningham. This song is called Unfolding Journey. Add, hold on, add, add, add. When the ad's over with, we'll start it. Please let this, this be kind of meditative for you in a way where you're asking the Holy Spirit to come into you. This may be the same one I started with. If it is, forgive me, but it's been on my heart today, so... Let's close with it. Yeshua, there is someone listening tonight. Jesus, the brother, the sister, they want to speak the gospel to them. And I pray, Lord, that you open up their heart, that they can speak to their brother, their sister, to present the entire gospel without compromise to them. Jesus, please even help them to lay hands on the person they're praying for. And let your word flow through this brother or sister to bless this other brother or sister. We pray for salvation in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus.
All right, Yeshua bless you. Love you. Talk to you next Saturday. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.